If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Pope coming to you with a quick PSA before you enjoy this edition of Pope's Point of View. It is Pope's duty and responsibility to inform you that I experienced some technical difficulties throughout the recording of this broadcast. Pope's voice won't sound as clear as it does right now, so don't worry about your phone. Don't worry about adjusting your computer because it is an issue that happened on my end. Therefore, I apologize to each and every listener, every Pope's Point of Viewer for... This program maybe not being up to the standard, which you previously become accustomed to, but nonetheless know that it is still 45 minutes of fire and then some. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this ride, courtesy of the Fantastic Voyage. Welcome to the Pope's Point of View with your host, Elijah Burke. 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 What's up, everybody? Yes, it is that time again. We about to set sail on the fantastic voyage. I am your host, the Pope Elijah Burke, and I'm so glad that you are joining me to give me the opportunity, if you will, to enlighten you as only I can. So sit down, buckle up, prepare yourself for the 45 minutes of fire, and then some. That is, of course, Pope's point of view. Now, Pope's going to go ahead, and I'm going to delve, if you will, just a little bit now into the news. Y'all know I don't do that too much without my main man, Con Man, but we're going to go ahead and do this because there's a lot of stuff that Pope got to talk about. You understand what I'm saying? There's a lot of things that Pope needs to address. And the first thing out of the gate that Pope wants to talk about, I got to talk about a friend of mine. I got to talk about somebody whom has helped Pope, whom's given Pope great advice. So I thought, why not Pope himself take this time to return said advice. And I'm talking about to one, to the rocker himself. No, not Freddie Mercury. He's been gone. I'm not talking about Steven Tyler. But I'm talking about the rocker, Marty Gennetti. Now, I know many of you know what's going on with Mr. Gennetti. A lot of you have probably read uh, some of the things that have been said by Mr. Gennetti. But just in case you have not been caught up or in the loop of what's going on, uh, my man Marty took the Facebook after a breakup from a relationship from his Jamaican lover 
and I guess it hurt him, and it hurt him in such a way I can only imagine, as Honky Tonk Man said, the dream did to him. Every time he hit me, he hurt me. No, not in that type of way, I'm sure, but he was heart hurt. And he decided to take the Facebook and talk about him being hurt by a gentleman whom he trusted he was buying weed from as he worked in a bowling alley at the age of 13. And somehow, some way, um, he claims that the guy was gay and took him behind the bowling alley and just and, and tried to make a move on him. You know, Marty decided to share all of this on Facebook. Why I don't know. Um, apparently, he went on to say that when the guy put his hands on him and dragged him behind the building. He said he made it his business to make sure that guy was going to disappear. And um, he said by doing so, he was certain that that guy would not have a chance to hurt anyone else. Now, if that wasn't bad enough, uh, I would think somebody got to him or somebody, uh, you know, say, hey, Marty, what are you doing? Take that stuff down. Uh, we all know about Marty's history with substance abuse, uh, with alcohol. Take your pick um so he removed that from facebook but then but then and i'm not blaming marty for this because i don't know what type of state of mind marty is in i don't know what type of uh issues he's having at this current time that has him talking about this type of stuff we do know that things are bottled up inside individuals for a long time but when you talk about bashing somebody's brains in with a doggone brick and then dumping them into the river of course the chat the, what the chattahoochee river of course this is um this is going to you know raise red flags by law enforcement officials and and apparently they're going to reopen uh or, or look into uh, miss missing person cases and and see what comes of it um but after removing it marty would go on to speak with uh boston wrestling to further discuss this situation now i don't know boston wrestling i don't know who what this is what it's about newspaper website facebook group I don't know what I do know. Shame on you. Shame on you. Uh, what a way to get publicity, right? You got somebody that's down and, 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 and maybe not in the best mindset talking about such foolishness and you decide to try to get an interview with them, assuming you did, um, because I don't know. And if I am incorrect, then I stand corrected. But, even if you didn't go to him, I'm correct about this, I can assure you. Why in the world would you even allow, you know, uh, this to continue? Marty would go on their platform, whatever that may be, and he would further his claim by saying, and I quote, what I said on my Facebook post, because I don't want to lie about nothing, what do you do when you're 13? 
Janetti said, it was the right thing in that moment. I don't know how else you handle it. Janetti will go on to say, I can't say he deserved to die, but he deserved to get his butt beat. Huh. How's that for irony? When I was beating him in the head with a brick, I was only trying to beat his butt. Of course, he said the A word. And he said he wasn't trying to kill him. Um, Again, I, I, I don't know why Janetti is still talking about this. Um, I don't know if it's an outlet for him. I don't know if it's a... Uh, having a moment of truth. I don't know if it's him dealing with a, a guilty conscience. I, Pope don't know. I don't know what's going on. But I would encourage anyone who has the opportunity to talk to Mr. Gennetti, um to encourage him to shut up. Don't try to exploit this man at this current state that he's in to anyone else that are your Boston wrestling journalism or whomever you may be. Uh, dude, if you're close to Marty Gennetti, go over to wherever he, wherever he lives, wherever he is, take a hammer, break off nine of his fingers all nine of them. His ankles are already almost there anyways. But break all nine of his fingers. That way, he won't be able to get on social media. Uh, or at least it is <laughs> definitely make it harder for him, right? Now, some of you say, well, Pope, he has, he has ten fingers, right? Well, yeah, he got ten. But you got to leave one for him to eat and wipe his butt. Um, moving right along. And that's possible with one finger. Moving right along, in other news, The Rock. No, if you're a wrestling fan, which you are because you're listening to this, The Rock has purchased the XFL along with his business partners, of course, uh, which that involves his ex-wife. But they would go on to purchase the XFL for $12.8 million. $12.8 million. Now, XFL was not by far a dynasty of any sort, but off of the second launch, where they were headed, uh, they were doing solid ratings, so therefore it's a commodity to invest in, and The Rock and his uh, partners, which is the Redbird Capital Firm, uh, they bought it. Now, The Rock is going to split that straight down the middle. So he's going to be a 50% owner. He's going to pay, what, roughly $6.4 million for his 50% stake ownership in the XFL. Again, I said irony. How the hell is that for irony? Vince McMahon paid just... $2.2 million for WCW, and that was almost 20 years ago. So Rock paying $4.2 million more is the equivalent of Vince buying WCW. 
when the doggone worker becomes the boss, man, when you buy out your boss and you look at him and say, hey, I'm, I got your company now, and I'm going to make it better than you could have ever dreamed of. I think that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm interested in seeing where uh, the XFL will go in the uh, upcoming years. Uh, and with the rock at the helm, we already know pretty much pretty much everything these days that the rock touches it turns to freaking gold it's money okay it, we're not talking about the tooth fairy we're not talking about walking tall all right we're talking <laughs> we're talking the rock the rock but yeah so um good 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 for him and 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 good for uh, those involved, and um, like I said, I, I'm very interested in seeing where this goes. Um, and that's some big news, much like the big news out of Stanford this week. Uh, WWE, and I know a lot of you guys probably, especially with the no crowds and everything that's been going on, sure, back in March, WWE stock, uh, there, you know, it, it took a great big hit, much like every other publicly traded company at that time. Um, so, yeah, they took a hit. But if any of you are worried about WWE's bottom dollar hurting because of the pandemic and the decline in ratings, uh, just got to tell you, man, you're wrong. You know, um, even right now, their, their, their stock has rebounded and has been on a steady, somewhat of a climb, if not maintaining at $45 or more when it dropped all the way down to $26. Um, but they're doing better now. And to prove my point, they just hired the WWE just hired a con of their own and they decided yes i said con k-h-a-n con they decided to pay this con 1.2 million dollars a year to serve as their new president and the c-r-o of their company now look look there will never, ever be another president for Pope when it comes to the WWF other than President Jack Tunney, okay? Let me get that out of the way. But this new CRO or CFO, whatever, Chief Revenue Officer, Chief Financial Officer, take your pick. Uh, the guy got to know something because the way he and WWE structured his contract he is able, as well as WWE with all their contracts, able to pull out of that contract at will. Anytime that he chooses to, he can put his 60-day notice in and say, I'm gone. But here's the catch, folks. Here's the catch. With the contract being that way, Khan, not to be confused with Tony, Khan, received a $5 million signing bonus. Yeah, y'all think WWE's doing bad. Listen, he received a $5 million bonus. His start date was August the 5th. So 
Once he started his once he clock in his first day of work, he gets five million dollars transferred to his freaking account. Not to mention the performance bonuses, the stocks, you know. I mean, this guy, listen, 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 okay? $5 million signing bonus, $1.2 million a year. Of course, like I said, stocks aside, promo, uh, promotions aside, performances, uh, performance bonuses aside, $5 million to sign on. He's getting $1.2 million a year. That's a total of $6 million. So $11 million in five years with incentives, I would imagine. Okay? But $5 million just to report to work on the first day. And I'm telling you, 30 to 60 days after that first day, 90 days or so after that first day, and this man comes to me, you son of a... I'll say, Vince, I'll see you later. I appreciate it. I appreciate my time. Here's my 60-day notice. I already got $5 million of your money, okay? I've already purchased some of your stock. I'm out. I'm not going to let you sit here and, and talk to me like I'm, okay, thank you very much. I'm gone. I am not going to let you sit here and talk to me that way. But, um, yeah, my point of sharing all of that is simple, man. Uh, while business is and appears to be down, and, of course, they're not at their highest when it comes to the stocks and bonds and all that stuff, WWE, uh, they're maintaining. They're maintaining. And um, nonetheless, they're not hurting like one might think. As you can see, they're taking steps in the right directions to better their product by bringing a con in as the president. So, <laughs> hey, and great timing too. Great timing because what we saw recently with WWE's creative team Scramble Fest to come up with some compelling television, uh, they birthed apparently from this Scramble Fest, WWE Underground. Headed up by Shane McMahon, the return of Shane McMahon. I thought he was fired, or I thought he lost a loser, leaves career, whatever. Who I don't even know anymore. I don't know. But we will see several NXT uh, talent. My boy uh, Hokachu, Hokachu, whatever his name was, he used to serve as the Raw commentator. I was just happy to see him, you know, the guy with all the dreads. Um, we will see him in that underground experiment. We will see uh, Chico Adams, a guy who I love very much. Uh, he's a extra that's often used down there in Orlando, Florida. I actually faced him this past uh, weekend uh, for a wrestling event in Cocoa, Florida by presented by ARW. So uh, congratulations to Chico uh, being a part of that. We even got to see the Viking Raiders as well as Dolph Ziggler. Now, Listen, first let me talk about this little concept of WWE Underground, you know? I didn't have a problem with it. I dug it. Um, it was different. I love the, 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 the gritty atmosphere of the premiere of that. Um, but I don't know if I was 
happy with seeing some of their top talent who are wrestlers being involved in the underground experiment. Use that for people who are not already predominantly featured on your program. Now, if you're going to switch them over into that part of the show permanently, then that makes sense. Like Dolph Ziggler, you know, Dolph Ziggler, uh, you guys know how I feel about Dolph. Uh, I have nothing but good things to say about him. Uh, but Dolph works here because Dolph has a legit collegiate championship wrestling background, as we witnessed during that. It's, it's just hard that when you're going to try to present something as shoot, and I'm going to touch on that more, when you're trying to present something as shoot and, and, and then still work it. Um, hell, they have a hard time doing that <laughs> in the ring every week on three different programs. We even got the Hurt Business. You know, the Hurt Business. That was supposed to be, as many speculators talked about, the new nation. You know, but when I look back at how WWE said at 10 p.m. or 9, well, I think it was 10 p.m. or 9 p.m., whatever, um, at 9 p.m., they're going to start with Shane McMahon, new project, the underground uh, thing. It kind of reminded me of how Raw will come on at 9 p.m. and then the War Zone will come on at 10 p.m. You know, as Raw will enter into the second hour. And so what that basically meant was more sex and violence. You know, it was a, it was a way for them back in that era to depart from what the Marquis said as wrestling. You know, uh, and, and furthermore, it was just more of a way for them to change their TV ratings as well as appear in the gra in the demographics and the TV ratings under a different rating and be on top of both. You understand what I'm saying? One was like, it's okay for you to watch if you're 14 year olds with your parent. And then the next one is like, you know, just 18 years old or whatever, because kids are going to sleep. So they would basically dominate both of those, um, ratings in their time slot. And that was very smart of them, uh, to do, you know, but I like the idea of WWE Underground, but what I don't like about it, as I was alluding to earlier, is the fact that it's a complete departure from wrestling on a wrestling program. Where you're presenting this new underground throughout the show format as a shoot. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, if what you are supposed to be doing with wrestling, but of course, uh, uh, it, it differs, but if you're presenting a wrestling show on television and you're telling me that this is supposed to be a shoot, then now, because you're showing me this underground stuff and you're, and, and you're presenting it in a different format, well... So now this is making the shoot wrestling that you've been presenting to me all this time, it's making it look bad because you're presenting the shoot in the underground. It worked shooting that, and you're making it 
not look the best, you know. So uh, I understand that 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 what they what we do or what they have been doing, obviously for for years uh, with wrestling when they're supposed to be presenting as a shoot, but the curtain has been pulled back so far, so much, you know, that you can see the magician putting together his tricks or, or, or sitting behind the curtain as the wizard did in the Wizard of Oz. And at that point, when you know that it's not a shoot anymore or that it's not real and that you can't suspend your disbelief, you just say, I'm done with it. When you know a magician's trick, you don't want to sit there and watch the magic because you know you're not witnessing magic. So if we implement this new segment to be, to be featured throughout Raw as shoot fighting, then what the hell have I been watching all this time with Raw? And why should I care? If you're presenting me something else on Raw that you're telling me is more sane, more crazier, more real than the action which I become accustomed to watching every week, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's truly a paradox. It's truly a paradox. It's like over on SmackDown, you know, with with fans and and with the wrestlers, you know, the boys, complaining about the Undertakers and the Brocks and the Goldbergs occupying their spots and wishing they, you know, were gone. But yet now they're still at the same time probably wishing that they were there to help with the nature of the show and, and, and to lift it up. The ratings and and to, and to bring more intrigue and specialness to the show. I mean, nonetheless, I do like the fact that Big E and his talk about singles push seems to be playing out. Um, he will go on to defeat the Miz on SmackDown in singles action. Oh gosh, I I don't know, I don't know. I've, I've gone into the woods right now. But I promise I'm going to come back out. But before I come completely out of the woods, because I don't went into the SmackDown, I will say this. I got to talk about The Fiend. I got to talk about him attacking Alexis Bliss. Now, you got all of these extras. You got all of these wrestlers. You got all of these people who are not fans, but are, again, legitimate wrestlers in the audience. And you decide that you're going to have a segment where The Fiend, great segment, by the way, I, I will say that, in as much as far as the presentation of The Fiend and, and what he does. But why would you have all of those people out there? Do they not have a heart? Do these baby faces and even the heels that are in the audience, do they not have a heart? I don't care who, how, what, a blisses, uh, Alexa, blisses. I'm going to call her blisses for now. That's how it happens. So I don't care who a blisses is, what she's done, what she said. You mean to tell me that a man, not a woman, a man, you know what, Mean Gene, I went downtown in San Francisco. I was looking for a woman. <laughs> but you going to tell me they going to stand around? Is it just because eight men fit one theme? Ten men that you have enough? No, what they should have done for that complete segment, especially to close out the show with it, you know, close out the show with it, but take everybody from out of there. 
And they should have allowed that to happen with nobody in the building. That is how you protect those people out there. And you make sense of it. That would be like, you know, guys shopping at Walmart and and, and somebody dropped out of the ceiling and, and decided to start banging a woman's head in the floor. You're not going to stand around. Sure, some idiot is going to start recording. But for the most part, somebody's going to step up to that man who's assaulting that woman and they're going to do something about it. Just like I'm going to do something about this because I've been in the woods too long. So I'm going to come out of it really, really quickly here. But I'm going to take a quick break first. I'm going to go ahead and juice up the vocal cords. And Pope will be right back after this. And we're going to talk raw. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Speaking of paradox, I'm back. I'm back. I'm out of the woods. I'm out of the woods. I'm back. Speaking of paradox, I'm conflicted. Overall, we finally saw Dominique Mysterio get involved in the action. Now, I've known Dominique for quite some time. I've known Dominique since he was to my knee, maybe a little couple of inches above. I don't know. But he was a small one. And I'm not too sure why I want to see him in there. I don't want to see him in there. Is he ready? Is he not? That's a paradox, folks. So, it left me biting my nails because, again, you know, uh, me and his his dad, Ray Ray, Ray, Ray Ray's so cool, man. Uh, he's one of the coolest mofo, if not the coolest mofo that I've ever had the pleasure of sharing a locker room with, dealing with in this business. I think the last time I saw Ray was in New Orleans. Um a couple of years ago and I never heard him say a bad word about someone. Um, he's always treated me super great. Um, but I, I, I again, I, I don't know how I feel about this, uh, but I'm certainly interested in seeing it. I just feel like Pope's going to be biting his nail. You know, when you know somebody and you've seen him, I mean, the guy was Dominique was a little, little, little kid. Okay. He was always probably bigger than his dad, but he was a little kid when I remember him. So, um, Back in 2006, San Diego, California. Hell, I think I wrestled Ray there. San Diego, California. I wrestled Ray. So, um, good luck, Dominique. Uh, I am certainly wishing him the best for his in-ring SummerSlam debut. Uh, man, the perks of, of your dad being Ray Mysterio Jr. Um, nonetheless, before I depart from the news, the other big news was the mysterious mysterious group of people 
Hell, I am out of the news. Okay, whatever. The mysterious group of people destroying the WWE. Hmm. Now we heard, and this kind of supports it, the idea that WWE was wanting to do the new nation gimmick. You know, nation of domination. Uh, But they thought better of it. Certainly, they didn't want no Black Lives Matter surrounding that building for real, for shoot, if you will, the terminology we use in the business for real, which stands for for real, if you didn't understand that. But um, they were out there destroying and, and the lights were flickering and there was all sort of technical difficulties and issues throughout the program. And, um, you know, Again, Black Lives Matter movement has been a major source of change in social in, to social injustice. And I don't, I'm not sure they wanted to really touch on that, especially with everyone showing support all across many platforms, the NBA, uh, Major League Baseball, and, 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 and just so many people. So they thought better of it, you know. But yet they wanted to touch on something that was close to real life. Anytime you want to really tug at the heartstrings of individuals, you try to make it as close to real life as possible. And and, and they wanted to, to touch on something that is impacting America. So instead of going with the Black Lives Matter, they decided to focus on Antifa because everybody can have an issue with Antifa. Everybody can have or take issue with the fact that they're destroying stuff and destroying the worlds, uh, uh, the world around us and everything else. And, and so that's what they decided to deal with. But now, before I continue on about Antifa or whatever this group is, they actually named that group. And it was a dumb name, so I don't really uh, remember it. Y'all know I do a lot of this stuff off my head. Um, <laughs> so what they did with that was supposed to generate interest, more interest from the viewers because it's a storyline that is based off of reality. But let's talk about reality. Let's talk about Antifa. Now I looked up Antifa and the definition of Antifa, this this political movement, one of the main things it says is that they are aiming to achieve their objectives, whatever that may be, through the use of both nonviolent and valid direct action, rather through policy reform. So we're going to try to get what we want or what we feel needs to be done. We want that handled nonviolently. And then if no leeway is given, if no progress is made, my man Van would often say, then we take violent actions. We take a violent approach. The thing about Antifa is if not Antifa. I guess Pope should have. I, I thought the name was stupid, for one. Um, the, the name that WWE had gave to uh, this group and what they would have done or what we would have done here 
on Pope's point of view, Conrad would have been like, Pope, this is the name. But Pope decided not to even worry about that crap because I thought it was a different or stupid name. Uh, but it started with an R, and, and, and I believe it was called Retribution. Retribution. What the hell type of name is that? But what I would like to see happen, and hopefully it happens with this group called Retribution, is that they better make sure somebody is underneath those masks whom have tried to get ahead, get their shot, uh, be presented. You know, there's so many people that could be placed in that, you know, um, they started the Naomi movement. She deserves better hell. She should have been out. She should have been one of the people under the mask, you know, um, our truth should have been one of the people under the mask, you know, ricochet, one of the people under like put people under those masks who just obviously have not accomplished or, or went to where others being the fans would have hoped to see them. Hell, I should have been one of the people under the mask. You understand what I'm saying? Um, they, they, their push was stalled or didn't happen or whatever the case may be. Then, okay, look, I've went to Vince. We've had these meetings. Nothing came of it. And now we're taking action. So that's the way Antifa, at least from the definition of it, should have happened. But, Truth be told, whenever I see stuff like this on the news, on my computer screen, on my phone, I flip or I move past it. So if I'm coming to WWE to escape the foolishness of my reality, your reality, our reality as the United States of America, what makes you think that by having some characters fulfilling these crazy roles, such as Antifa, that that is really going to pique my interest in your product. It's not. You know why? Because Pope's going to change the channel. Much like I did with NXT. Which, surprisingly enough, I'm not going to really talk about because this is going to be an AEW heavy, AEW heavy episode from this point. Because this week we will learn that AEW won again in the so-called Wednesday night ratings war. AEW had their best showing since the pandemic at 901,000 viewers leaving NXT behind at roughly 753,000 views. Now that's about a 152,000 difference. Something like that. Right? I think post math is on, on point. What I love about AEW's approach is the fact that when it comes to Wednesday nights, they are coming out out of the gate on fire. I mean, they're putting action at the top of their program. 
They're putting matches that can close their show as a main event to open their show. See, guys, it don't matter where you are on the card. It's simply how you deliver and you serving a purpose for the totality of that card. Okay? That's what I love about AEW's approach. Okay? Sure, this is a marathon. When you get in a war of any type, when you get in a race of any type, especially with WWE, it's not a marathon. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It is a marathon. So, to have a chance to win, and either of the two that I, I just mentioned, a, a sprint or a marathon, you got to start strong, and you got to finish strong as well. So, somebody in AEW, they understands that. And it looks like pretty soon, mark my words, pretty soon, you're going to see WWE's Wednesday night format change. It's going to start to look real different. Because Triple H isn't going to stand by too long and continue to be ousted by the competition. But guys, hey, Pope's going to take a quick break here, and I'm going to be right back, and we're going to get in to AEW. Daddy. So let's start with said competition. That being AEW, who kicked off their dynamite show with a 12 man tag team match featuring the Elite and FTR versus the Dark Order. Now, this was a quick, fast paced match, crazy action, as you can imagine and expect. A uh, key moment in this matchup for Pope. That left my head scratching, you know, just a little bit, or me scratching my head, was a tag team move by FTR. Now, I don't know if you guys watched it or you saw it or you remember it. It was a little throwback to Demolition, okay? The great WWF tag team champions back in the day. Their tag team maneuver and their finisher was placing a guy across one of them's one of the guy's knees, and then the other demolition uh, who was axed would come off of the top rope with an elbow as their opponent would be laying across their knee. Um, and, and it was a pretty cool and devastating-looking finisher, certainly for back then. And we saw uh, Cash and Dax, FTR, we saw them do that. And Dax was the guy in the position holding the guy across his knee. But what happened after Cash would hit the elbow is that we saw Dax sell his knee as if he was legitimately hurt. And you know what? I thought he was hurt too. It was a great sell by Dax, but the issue with that was all of the supporting actors. They gave it away. They help you realize that it was a part of the match. When stuff like that happens in the ring and somebody don't know that someone's really injured or injured, they don't everybody don't stop. They kind of keep going and try to cover. So um that kind of baffled me a little bit. Uh won't lie about that. The trainer came to ringside and assisted uh the injured Dax. 
But the other thing, I'm scratching my head. All of the other four members, with the exception of Kenny Omega, who was in the ring, uh, they're assisting Dak. They, t- they, they, they turn their back on the action, and they're watching the trainer with Dax. And they forgot about the match, even though you can hear what's going on behind you, which is pretty much uh, Kenny Omega getting his butt beat by three members of the Dark Order. <laughs> you know, Adam Page would join Cash and helping the trainer and Dax walk him all the way to the back. And, um, uh, the you know, the Bucks were on the floor before getting back on the apron and whatnot. The match would eventually become a six-on-three handicap match until Adam Page would return. And my goodness, did he clean house in grand fashion. I mean... Uh, the cowboy, Adam Hangman Page, was hitting on all cylinders. And the match would come to an end when Adam Page set up for the buckshot clothesline. But he, it was avoided, and it was countered by Brody Lee's spinning lariat for the 1-2-3 count. Now, I didn't mind that FTR was taken out of this match because it's simply, you know, that's not their style. They don't shine. In these type of matches, FTR, they shine when, you know, it's two on two and, and, and they could, you know, for the most part, control the match, you know, because uh, they're, 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 they're probably the best pure wrestling tag team in the world today. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, but being placed in a 12-man match, uh, I don't know. They kind of looked out of place, you know? And, and and then there's that 10 count, 20 count, or, or no count, whatever the count is, format. Uh, obviously, AEW, they will need some work on that. They're going to have to continue to work on that, including just the tags. You know, there was one point in the match where uh, Uno tags in Cabana, and then Uno partner, who's on the outside of the ring on the floor, he slides in, and he places Cabana on his shoulder, both of them, uh, place Paige on their shoulder together to place onto the shoulder of Cocabana, who's sitting on the top rope. So that negated the tagging altogether, especially when the referee is standing there and he's not admonishing the talent. Like, where's the rules? But um, just like the end of that match, uh, you know, you had all of the all of the elite in the ring when Adam Page was preparing for his finisher. You had both Bucks and Omega on on three sides of the ring, 
And then you have Adam Page who's about to do his buckshot. And, and they're standing in the ring. And I'm going, why isn't the referee making them get out? Why is this okay? Why is it legal? But nonetheless, it's AEW. And it was a hot, hot opener for AEW. And it served its purpose. We also got Matt Cardona, the former Zack Ryder, teaming with the TNT champion of AEW, Cody. And they would take on two members of the Dark Order. Uh, I don't know about you, but Zack Ryder looks very, very jacked (laughs) since leaving the WWE. And obviously the wellness program too. Okay, but... uh, (laughs) <laughs> hey, the match was decent, okay? It was decent for what it was. Nothing really special. As uh, Zach expectantly pick up the win, I wouldn't have had that any different way, especially since he just had his first match in AEW. A lot of people think when you have your first match in AEW, you're supposed to lose. But again, um, he won with his uh, radio silence finisher, which is that leg lariat where he jumps up, and um, at the end of the match, though, is where the interesting stuff happened, okay? Cody, who was banged up from taking the heat during the match, he would make his way towards the tunnel, and he would be met by Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky would make it known that, hey, I want a shot at that dog on TV title. And his demeanor wasn't the best. They didn't look kosher. They didn't look like they were necessarily of course Cody smiles at everything nowadays but Scorpio didn't have no smile on his face and he didn't necessarily present himself friendly so this had me very very clueless as to what's going on I was lost I was almost as lost during that moment as I was with Santana and Ortiz getting heat on the doggone white minivan and desecrating the name of Sue like really that's who the hell is who is Sue that's not heat that's ha ha and it's ha ha because nobody sitting at home is going to you know they're not going to find that as oh ooh I don't think so I mean we're not talking about WWF 1991 and 92 we're talking about 20 freaking 20 And the fact that best friends Chuck Taylor and Trent are upset about this minivan, you know, the stars, the stars of AEW, they're upset because mom's minivan was destroyed. I don't think that makes them look like stars and it does not make them come across to the fans who are watching it as serious, like I don't know. I mean, I get it if that's a teenager who who took his mom's van without permission while she was asleep, got in an accident, or or friends decided to destroy and, and vandalize his, his mom's van. I get that. But we're talking about grown men. We're talking about AEW superstars. So... 
I don't think that was heat. It came across more as, especially with Ortiz, because you know how he is. So it's entertaining. It was entertaining. It was funny. It was funny. Why Why are you driving your mom's minivan to work anyway? Is there something I'm missing? Maybe it is. Nonetheless, I'll touch on that later as well when I come back to Scorpio and Cody. But I'm going to move on right now. I'm going to go to the main event. I'm going to talk about the main event of the show. And no, I'm not talking about Darby All-In versus John Mosley. Respectively, it was good. It it was what it was. Okay, no disrespect to those two. You know, you saw two guys do their thing and and, and have an all-out brawl. Actually, I will touch on that for a second. Here's what I didn't like about that match, okay? First, we got two guys who teamed with each other last week. Now we got two guys teaming, uh, fighting against each other. And Darby's making fun of Moxley with the mask, mask on, I assume. Um, Moxley's hot. Rightfully so. They get in there. And they do their thing, okay? It's a crazy all-out match, you know, up Darby and up the champs alley, you know. But I'm going to fast forward. I'm going to go straight to the finish here because I want to talk about the main event. And again, it's not this. I thought about when Moxley put the finisher, that choke, that that, that rear-naked choke, that sleeper hole, whatever you want to call it, when he put it on Darby, and Darby was able to fight up from it after all the punishment that he had taken. And then my mind went back to when Mr. Brody Lee had his big match with the champion. He went through the steps at ringside. He got back in the ring after some, you know, whatever, a little up-down dip, and Moxley was able to lock in the choke. I talked about this on Pope's point of view when I covered it then. That was a babyface finish. They had Brody Lee to pass out. When as much, when Moxley put him through the stage, they should have just ended it with a 10 count. Moxley made it back in the ring. Brody Lee did not make it. And you save Brody Lee, and you save his credibility. Here, you have Darby All-In, and you have John Moxley, and Moxley locks that same maneuver onto Darby. This is where Darby should have passed out. This is where the referee should have just stopped the match. Instead, we have somebody who is a quarter, <laughs> a quarter, maybe 40% of the weight of Brody Lee. And after all the punishment he took, he was able to get up. What does that say about Brody Lee? Moxley had to spike him with his DDT finisher to get the victory. And then, like a husband that accidentally or maybe in a moment of rage when he got slapped by his wife, he slapped her right back, grabbed her and consoled her as Moxley did with 
Darby all in. I get it, but I hope AEW don't become a hug fest because we're seeing it too much. Um, but nonetheless, I'm covering AEW in large part today because they delivered. It was entertaining for the most part. Uh, even the women's match, before I get to the main event, I'm talking about Rebe or Reba, whatever they're calling her now. My girl Rebel. The, the the panda. She went against Big Swole. Big Swole comes out. Don't make it five, six feet from the entrance and she takes off her shades. Why walk out with him? Why walk out with him? Why walk out with your jacket? Just come out there. You're in there for business. Come out there. Do your thing. It was done right. You know, uh, the only thing I didn't understand about that match, uh, I do love the fact that Brick, Brick Baker forced Reba to get in the ring. And Reba is putting over the fact that, quote unquote, she's not a wrestler because she could barely hop in the ring. And she's trying to put over that character of maybe not being the wrestler, but then the commentators are talking about how she is an accomplished wrestler, even though she may have not wrestled for a while. So it kind of like made you go, wait, wait a minute. She's a, so she's a wrestler for those who don't know. And she can't get in the ring or she can't do this or that. And she's a horrible wrestler. Um, I, I, neither, neither one was wrong. I just don't know if everybody was on the same page. Uh, the match ended like it should have ended. It shouldn't have took long. They're trying to get big swole over. Uh, and I thought, that match went off just the way it was supposed to. Good job to both of those girls. Now, to the main event of this evening. And I know there's the old-time tradition. The champion should always go on last. But there are exceptions. This right here was... The exception. We're talking about the first time in 20-something years. 20 years, 19, whatever. 22, who knows? Unless your name is doggone it, Tony Schiavone. We're talking about Eric Bischoff returning to TNT television can somebody tell me who told you that eric bischoff would be on aew on the past episode of post point of view can somebody tell me who said that eric bischoff should have been the exalted one of the dark order can somebody tell me i want to know i want to know but I'll tell you in case you don't know, it was Pope. It was Pope. I said it all. I said if they were smart, they'd bring him in. I said if they were smart, they'd have him as a, uh, the mastermind behind the Dark Order. Well, that finally happened. This past week on AEW Dynamite, that Finally happened, Eric Bischoff appeared on AEW's Dynamite. And there's only one man 
to think for this. And no, that man is not Chris Jericho. Neither is that man Tony Khan. Ultimately, it is, of course, but you get what I'm saying. But the one man who truly made this possible, the one man who made this happen, and so much more happened behind the scenes, is none other than the man behind StarCast, the man behind Grilling JR, the man behind What Happened When with Tony Schiavone, the man behind 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, none other than Conrad Thompson, the liaison, if you will, of AEW and every other star, prominent star of past time. Conrad Thompson. That's the man that made it all happen. That's the man. He's the one that's building bridges. Conrad Thompson. And you know what, Conrad? I ain't even mad at you. Wasn't it an interview done somewhere where they say Eric Bischoff would never be a part of AEW or he won't step foot on that program or something like that? I don't know who said it. Or was it just Hulk Hogan? Or was it both? No, somebody said something like that. Nonetheless, Mr. World of Wrestling, and in the world of wrestling, folks, you never say never. And I'm going to touch on this. I promise you, Pope is going to touch on this Never say a moment, never. When I come back, right after this commercial break, folks, but I promise you, I won't take long, and we'll be right back, and we're going to talk a little bit more before going into our horseman talk, and guess what? Pope's going to talk a little bit of impact as well. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. <laughs> What up, peeps? It's your boy, Pope. If you are listening and enjoying Pope's point of view with Elijah Burke, be sure to go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Springer, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts to subscribe today. I'm back. So, before Pope moves on, I know I told y'all I'm going to talk about impact. I know your eyes may have just bulged for a second, your eyebrows raised up. 
Yeah, I'm going to talk about Impact just for a split second. But before I leave AEW, I want to talk about that horseman situation that I talked about. You remember last week, Arn Anderson was in there and he was being the advisor, if you will. Arn Anderson advising FTR during their contract negotiate. I, I ain't become your advisor. He advised them during that. So we all know how big they are, uh, Arn Anderson and other uh, great on FTR because they're a throwback to when wrestling was wrestling. And we know that Arn Anderson also already manages Cody Rhodes. Guys, I'm just saying, I wanted to go ahead and throw out this. Um, again, not going to too much lean on my prophetic capability like I did with Sasha Banks becoming the champion, her and Bailey holding all the female championships. But I will say this. You think we see another group forming? You think there's a possibility of Cody trying to get his own horseman, if you will? Hmm? Cody Rose, FTR, obviously the tally and honor of the group. But then who's going to be the flair? And no, I don't think Cody can be that. Obviously, if it's AEW and they do go forward, it probably will be that. But the other person that could possibly join in if they were to go with a four-man group under the leadership of Art Anderson being the J.J. Dillon, then that would be Adam Hangman Page. That would be your Barry because that's who Adam Page reminds you of, uh, a young Barry Wyndham, a young Bobby Duncan Jr. So... It'll be interesting. I just wanted to drop that on you. Before I say hell is froze over because Pope's going to talk about Impact, but I'm not going to talk about Impact as a whole. I'm just going to give a couple of shout-outs, and then I'm going to talk about one match in particular because I was able to catch it, and I was able to catch it because of Impact Wrestling's social media channel. Um, and that is, first, I want to give a shout-out to my homie, my boy, whom I love very very dearly, Chris Bay, who is repping it and wrecking it like no other right now as the X Division champion in Impact Wrestling. Much love to you, Bay, as well. Oh, gosh, you know I hate calling you that. As well as Moose versus Heath Slayer. Now, this is the match that I wanted to touch on. I wanted to touch on this for a reason, and that's because Heath Slayer is getting a shot at Moose, who is the TNA World Heavyweight Champion. I don't know if they actually acknowledge it as that since they have an Impact World Champion, but nonetheless, what I liked about this matchup, out of everything that I saw, Heath looked good, Moose is Moose. What I liked about this matchup was that Heath Slater, towards the end of the match, he caught Moose with his finisher, okay? He caught Moose with his finisher off of an inadvertent uh, referee bump in the corner. So Moose was trying to shoot him to the corner. He reversed Moose. Moose runs into the referee. Moose turns around. Heath Slater catches him with his finisher. Heath Slater, who was having it, you know, again, he just came from WWE. He's having this little run here, and he's having this moment to, to gain a job as they are doing in the storyline. He's trying to earn a spot on the roster. So Heath Slater goes for the cover, and he pins the moves. That's Josh Matthews on commentator. Commentator go, he got him pinned. He got him. One, two, three. Heath Slater's pinned moves. Except the referee is unconscious at this time. 
Heath Slater gets up to go check on the referee. And Moose, who recovers, low blows Heath Slater with his back turned and pins him with a roll-up. One, two, three. As the referee, of course, magically comes through. So, Heath Slater lost his match. He's still not a part of the Impact, Impact roster. But the reason I wanted to point out this match is because the match was good. The finish was better. Pope, why was the finish good? Because he caught him with a freaking low blow and he pinned him. There was nothing else to do. Across the other platforms, by the way, that's very reminiscent of something that Pope just placed on his dog on Facebook page in the cage match against Brandon Scott. I'm not claiming to be a nice guy. I don't, <laughs> but it's too late for me to do my arm right now. I'm too far in. But nonetheless, it's very, very, very similar. And of course, those guys see my Facebook page. But I love the fact that nothing else was done after that. Listen, guys, across other platforms, I see people hit, get kicked in the balls, hit in the balls, and they still continue. What's the worst thing you can do to an individual who have testicles? I don't care if it's a cow, a dog, a lion, a man, or a man posing as a woman. If it has balls, the worst thing you can do is kick them in it. Sorry about that, but so shout out, shout out to my folk over at Impact Wrestling, shout out to Moose, shout out to Heath for excellently executing that match and it's finished. Hey folk, now we're about to get into the nitty gritty, we're about to get ready to bounce out of here, but before we do, we're going to have to have, you know we got to do it, if Pope had done it. And post-match of the week. So we're going to deal with post-match of the week first. I'm going to just switch it up and I'm going to end it with a full pit done. But right now for the match of the week. Guys, again, this is a show of first. I've talked about impact. And now I'm going to talk about something I never talked about that I happened to come across. I decided to check it out, and that is AEW Dark. Now, earlier I told you, I told you Pope was going to come back to that moment of being lost. Whether it was the guys in that doggone minivan when they were dealing with that, or if it was... Cody Rose and Scorpio Sky. All right? So I'm going to deal with this, and then I'm going to explain something as to why so many people might be lost when these things are going on on Dynamite. So I talk about how Pope was lost during this, you know, and with their, uh, their moment of craziness when Ortiz and Santana, you know, I talk about all that stuff. So my big thing was this, why all of a sudden with Scorpio Sky, who's supposed to be friends and all of that with Cody, yada, yada, why all of a sudden with that, did, did he have a 
not so friendly demeanor. Why all of a sudden was he presenting himself as a disgruntled challenger or determined, whatever the case may be, to Cody, to Cody, you know? Well, like I said, I happened to watch some AEW Dark this week, and I found a nice little gem. And that gem was Scorpio Sky versus the 350-pound Will Hobbs, okay? Who cares both was black? It don't matter. It was a good match. And let me tell you why. This match on AEW Dark is how a match, specifically speaking, a get-over match, should happen. The match will start immediately with Hobbs attacking Scorpio Sky right before the bell will even ring, and he stayed on top of Sky all the way through. He even hit a very, very impressive spine buster, shades of Arn Anderson, might I add, nearly picking up the three count. He will go on to deliver some vicious cross faces, you know, to the face and the head of Scorpio Sky, and then he went for a maneuver in the corner, which, uh, Scorpio Sky was able to slip behind as he was on the shoulders of Hobbs. And then he would catch Hobbs with a boot to the back of the head in that same corner before hitting his three, uh, excuse me, hitting his TKO for the three count. Do you understand what I just said? The whole match went to Hobbs. And this is a testament to Scorpio Sky because I know Scorpio Sky and I know that, uh, you know, he just gets it. He could have easily taken all of this match up, but he said, I'm going over. I'm going to win. Let's make you in the process. Let's make you a threat to me. If you're a threat to me, and it looks like you got me and I beat you, then I beat somebody. There's no point of us going back and forth because if I go back and forth with you and nobody knows you, that makes me lesser than who I am already. So attack me before the bell. Stay on me. I'll catch you off of a banana peel slip up or counter and I'll hit my finish. One, two, three. That is how you build a get-over match, boys. It made perfect sense. So after the match, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with what I was telling you, why I was lost and why this all ties in now. After the match, Scorpio Sky will cut a promo about being out on the outside looking in, not having time to spend at the table while others would feast at that same table. I dug it. I, I get it, I dug it, I see where they're going, okay? So that would explain Scorpio's action on Dynamite. He's tired of being on the outside looking in. He's tired of seeing everybody else sit at the table and feast while, while he, he only gets the crumbs. It makes sense. But as I talk to you right now, what doesn't make sense is the fact that AEW Dark has a little over 300,000 views. So what does that tell those who are in charge? Or what should it tell those people in charge? This week you had 900 viewers watching Dynamite. Dynamite, God darn it, good times. You had 
900 viewers watching Dynamite, okay? That means 600,000 people, give or take, aren't tuning in to watch AEW Dark on YouTube. So it doesn't make sense to necessarily run these storylines from your internet YouTube show to your TV show unless, unless you're going to give a little highlight reel or, or, or point out a specific moment on the Dynamite show to catch people like me up because I see so much stuff that loses me, you know? It might be the same situation with the minivan. I don't know. I just know that I was lost and it didn't make sense. I didn't even know he was driving his mom's minivan and all going to uh, Jacksonville, Florida, my hometown, my lucky place. Lord Jesus, Larry Hamilton gonna get me. Lila, you 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 know that's my thing, Lila. Now you can't be taking my thing now. Okay now? You're my nephew and all, but I'm taking my thing, Lila. That's my thing. But um again, just put a B roll, put a highlight reel somewhere. You could have spotlighted Scorpio's attitude adjustment so that way when we got the interaction with uh Cody and Scorpio, we would have got it. The viewers watching at home, they would have got it. And the same, same, same thing. Same thing for that goddamn minivan. Who the hell is Sue? Has she made an appearance that I don't know about or that I need to be made aware of? Jeez, I feel like this is the second coming of Judy Bagwell. Oh, another, that's my Bagwell's mom, guys. If you don't know, trust me, just type her name in YouTube. You'll have a blast. Now, on to finally, if Pope had a done it, come in. Cue the music. I just love that doggone it crazy tune. All right, guys, if Pope had done it, I know you might think Pope's just a little whining and dining too much over here, but I'm not. I promise you I do everything with reason, which is why I didn't touch too much on the Eric Bischoff arrival debut in AEW because I wanted to address it one time, and I'm going to address it right here, right now, on if Pope had done it. Now, what we would get is AEW having the ring announcer in the ring, announcing the special moderator for this debate between Chris Jericho and... Orange Cassidy and that ring announcer Justin Roberts would announce Eric Bischoff so Eric Bischoff comes out gosh I wish they would have done this when the people were there and it would have even meant more if they'd done it when he wasn't there but nonetheless I'll get to my version in a second Eric Bischoff comes out looking great, might I add, looking like E.B.Z. only can. And he sits on the stage at a desk or platform that they have built for him, okay? Then out comes the debaters. They have a very nice debate. Well, not, they have a debate. Chris Jericho's been Chris Jericho. And 
Lo and behold, Orange Cassidy is talking. He's talking. Man, if Pope had done it, number one, and I can assure you, Eric Bischoff being there, got people to tune into the channel because TNT Drama will tweet out Eric Bischoff's on Raw. Of course, AEW will do the same. Of course, the word was spread, so I'm sure that was a very, uh, very uh, good segment for AEW. Of course, Chris Jericho is still a part of it. <laughs> uh, I love Chris Jericho. Smart guy, smart. But here's what would have happened if Pope had done it. Number one, the first thing that I would have done, the first thing that I would have done if Pope had done it, hell with the shock, hell with the surprise, hell with the you missed it. I get it. They might be going for the shock, you know, they're following the Nitro format. You know, surprise, 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 surprise. You know, um, what happened when the surprises run out, though? So what I would have done is when when Chris Jericho announced last Wednesday on AEW Dynamite that he would have a very, very special guest commentator, I would have on that Monday doing a row. And on social media, you don't have to even... I would have announced on Wrestling Day, which is Monday, I would have announced Eric Bischoff returns to TNT on AEW Dynamite. Do you know how many more people would have tuned in? They would have... They would have probably got a 1.2. They could have probably got 300,000 more people. Eric Bischoff does that on his podcast alone. But he couldn't share it. You didn't let him share it to his viewers on his podcast. Everybody would have tuned in. Old wrestling fans alike, once the word got out there, they would have tuned in to see Eric Bischoff on AEW. That was a raw moment. That was the very same moment when Eric Bischoff and this man stood on the stage. It was their highest rating. Go look. Go back and check. Correct me if you think I'm wrong. Man, announce that. Don't pay money to get these high-profile talents to come in, and you don't get your return necessarily. You probably got it, but you could have got more out of it. Announced that Eric Bischoff will be the special guest moderator returning to TNT, AEW Dynamite. Man, I, I, I have no idea. That baffled me that they chose to keep that as a surprise versus advertising it and getting the most out of it, especially if this is indeed just a one-off. Okay? Um, because because if you said, yeah, let people know they got to tune in and they're going to miss it. Well, when they tune in next week and it's not a, a surprise or anything that lives up to what just happened a week before, they're going to tune right back out. But um, it was good to see. I think it was a smart move. Again, I know Con Conrad had a lot to play in that. Uh, this guy is just a money maker. He's a smart guy. Uh, that's why he runs his mortgage company. Uh, Tony Khan is a smart guy. That's why he saw uh, the business side of it versus 
just bringing Eric Bischoff in because he's Eric Bischoff. So smart move by Tony Khan. Um, and the other end of this, of if Pope had done it, is Orange Cassidy. I would not have allowed Orange Cassidy to speak. Sometimes you take away, you take away. I don't want to hear the, the hell, the Incredible Cop, the, not the Incredible Cop, I'm thinking Robocop and Incredible Hulk at the same time. I don't want to hear the Incredible Hulk as the Hulk necessarily talking. I just want him to, to be who he is. You know, some, can you imagine if Michael Myers spoke? I know Orange Cassidy isn't Michael Myers, but he's the same type of character in the fact that they don't speak. Can you imagine if Jason spoke? I know he's not a horror guy. I'm just saying. The fact that Orange Cassidy doesn't speak is a reason to keep him quiet and make him speak when it matters. Right then and there was not when it mattered. You have a debate. Orange Cassidy stands there. Chris Jericho says his stuff. I'm this, I'm that, I'm the other, and you suck. And he just stands there and he'd be nonchalant. Why the hell would he be compelled to speak during a doggone debate but be less compelled to take his hands out of a pocket to win a freaking match? Just let him stand there and let the questions be asked. Jericho's responding to the questions. Cassidy's is just being nonchalant, sucking on the lollipop, picking his teeth, hands in the pocket, to the point because you know it's going to end with physicality, to the point that Jericho gets enraged. Jericho goes to attack Cassidy. Cassidy freaking counters. And then the muscle Jake Hager takes out Cassidy. We got two programs being built now. So now when Cassidy faced Jericho next week and he wins... Then Cassidy takes the microphone. Then! And he stares over Chris Jericho. Then! He bend, look, bends down and he looks at the camera and he says, I'm better than you. And drops the microphone and he walks out. Something to that effect. I beat you. That's it. He doesn't need to say anything else because the aura around Chris, uh, excuse me, Orange Cassidy is the fact that he doesn't. He's just a cool mofo. He's always riding on cloud nine or cloud 420, whichever it may be. And that's how I would have handled that situation. Now that he beat Chris Jericho, guess what? He got to deal with Jake Hager, but fortunately for Pope, I ain't got to deal with no goddamn Jake Hager. The only thing Pope's got to deal with at this point in time is his doggone shower, and then on to bed. Might go out shocker in a little bit, but guys, it's that time. Yes, we have come to another end of Pope's point of view. We're going to set sail in the opposite direction. Not for long, just for a little while. So be not dismayed. Be not 
Dwayne because Pulse Point of View will return same place, same time next week. So until then, folks, take care of yourself and each other. And always remember, if you can't change the people around you, then change the people around you. People around you.